welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 77. My name's Tom Kershaw and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. Well, this week I'm going to be counting down the days to E3 2021 with some predictions of which games I think are going to dominate the headlines. I've also been playing Knockout City, a new online multiplayer dodgeball game, plus Strangeland, a new creepy point-and-click adventure. And finally today, I'm going to be rounding up everything we know about Horizon Forbidden West. That's a jam-packed show. Let's get to it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're well and having a good week. I'm good this week, and I'm happy to report I've had my first COVID vaccine and looking forward to the second one. But those side effects, they are absolutely no joke. I tell you that, so do be prepared. It's back holiday weekend here in the UK, and as is the tradition, it's very difficult to get anywhere. So do be careful if you are travelling this weekend. Me and the missus travelled yesterday to visit my mum, and we had a great lunch out. And I hope you are enjoying your bank holiday. The sun's out. It's 25 degrees, and I hope you get out there and enjoy it. Well, there's been so much video game news recently, it almost feels like E3 has started already. You know, we've had big news on Horizon Forbidden West. I'll be rounding up everything we know so far about that game later on in the show. And that follows on from Sony's state of play this past week. We've had a big feature on Far Cry 6 and leaks of Nintendo's new Switch Pro, or the Super Nintendo Switch, with official news set to land before E3. You know, it's all really, really exciting stuff. And the next time I put out a podcast, we're going to be smack bang in the middle of E3. So today, I thought I'd run down some of the big E3 predictions and start off the conversation of what we should see in a few short weeks' time. Well, before we get into the show, I wanted to plug the podcast Patreon, and you can send in your questions, your comments, your video game stories by signing up to Patreon and for as little as $2 a month. You can sign up and become a patron and get access to exclusive Discord rooms, send in your questions and comments to be read out on the This Week in Video Games podcast, and get access to exclusive content and early access too. There's plenty of benefits over there at Patreon, plus you get to support the show and help This Week in Video Games become a little bit more self-sufficient. Well, that is enough intro waffle from me, so let's get into what I've been playing this week. Well, this week I've been playing plenty of Knockout City, a new dodgeball online multiplayer game, and this one really put me off when I first saw it, but I have to say I'm really having a great time with it and really, really enjoying it so far, and I'll bring you my extended thoughts on the game later on in the show. I've also been playing Strangeland from Wormwood Studios and Wadget Eye Games, and this duo are truly masters of their profession, and this is a top point-and-click adventure game, and I'll get to my review later on. I've also been playing a lot of Mass Effect 1, and I got hold of the Legendary Edition trilogy and been playing that from the start. Mass Effect is a huge gap in my gaming history, so I've been really looking forward to get to this one. However, I'm not quite ready to talk about it just yet, but hopefully I will do on the next episode of the podcast. But first up this week, let's start looking forward to E3 2021. Well, E3 is just around the corner. It's going to run from the 12th until the 15th of June 2021. And E3 2020 didn't happen. And this year, we're going to be doing a digital-only version. But I bet they're going to want to make a splash with their return and certainly build up that hype. Well, today I'm going to have a look at which games are most likely to make headlines, plus have a go at predicting what else we're going to see in that digital-only event coming only a few days away. Well, first of all, let's have a look at a few games that are likely going to hit the headlines during E3. So let's kick off 
with Starfield, and this one comes from Bethesda. Well, the cat is pretty much out of the bag with this one, and Starfield is going to be Bethesda's big space opera. Now, this one has been in development for some time, and it's likely to be exclusive to Xbox and PC via Xbox Game Pass, and we're likely to get more info and maybe a first look at gameplay, and hopefully a release date too. Well, next up, we've got Halo Infinite, and this one comes from 343 Studios and Microsoft. So last year, the Halo Infinite trailer didn't go down very well with fans leading to a huge delay for Halo Infinite to the latter half of 2021 and we should see some improved gameplay and get some details on multiplayer. I wouldn't be surprised if we had an announcement of a multiplayer beta available soon just to get that hype building for the big release in November. Well next up we've got Breath of the Wild 2 and this one is coming from Nintendo. We've not heard much since the trailer at E3 2019 but it's about time we saw some more from Link and Zelda to find out more about the sequel to 2017's Breath of the Wild, widely regarded as one of the best games of all time. And given it's Zelda's 35th anniversary, now seems like the perfect time to find out the next steps in the Legend of Zelda saga. Well, next up we got Final Fantasy 16, and this one is coming from Square Enix. So Final Fantasy 16 is an upcoming action role-playing game developed and published by Square Enix, and it's the 16th game in the mainline Final Fantasy series, and it's going to be released for the PlayStation 5. It's being produced by Nako Yoshida and directed by Hiroshi Takai, and Final Fantasy 16 is set in the fictional land of Valisthea, a continent with six factions, and it's on the verge of conflict due to a spreading evil called the Blight. So Final Fantasy XVI is an action role-playing game set in the fantasy world of Valisthea, and their people live comfortably thanks to mountains of crystal called the Mother Crystals. And the world is being controlled by six factions, the Grand Duchy of Rosaria, the Holy Empire of San Brecchi, the Kingdom of Waulid, the Dalmechian Republic, the Iron Kingdom, and the Crystalline Dominion. And the central part of the plot is the Icons, some are monsters controlled by or manifesting through humans, called the dominance we've already seen a little more than we bargained for earlier this year from sony but hopefully we're going to see more e3 2021 well next up we've got elden ring and elden ring is an upcoming action role-playing game developed by from software published by bandai namco entertainment so the game is a collaboration effort between game director hiditaki miyazaki and novelist george r martin and is scheduled for release on pc playstation and xbox so Elden Ring is a bit of a meme at this point, but since 2019, we've had nothing except snippets and leaked trailers. But hopefully this E3 will be the time where we get to see the full trailers the way we were meant to see them, rather than grainy mobile phone footage that has been leaked already. Well, next up we've got Forspoken. This is another one from Square Enix. So thrust into the dangerous land of Athia, the young hero must learn to harness magical abilities to survive. She's going to face many fearsome foes and overcome treacherous trials on a journey unlike any other. And the game is a narrative-driven adventure and developed by Luminous Productions. And the studio's philosophy is to create gameplay experiences that combine the latest technology combined with their unbridled creativity. And that's a pretty accurate way to describe their new game. So Forspoken has been designed specifically for the PlayStation 5, taking advantage of the new console's power and features to create a game that feels like a true next-gen experience. So in Forspoken, you're going to play the role of Frey as she enters Athia for the first time. And the new land is stunningly beautiful, but also cruel and deadly. And Forspoken is set to release in 2022 for PS5 and PC. 
Well, next up, we've got a big new rumor, and this is the Switch Pro or the Super Nintendo Switch. So Nintendo is actually expected to unveil their long-awaited upgrade to the Nintendo Switch ahead of E3 2021, with multiple outlets reporting on the Friday the 28th of May. So this announcement will free up developers to announce their projects at E3 and fully start the hype train towards the Switch Pro or Super Nintendo Switch. So Nintendo themselves have a showcase planned for E3 and they should show off both first party and third party games for the existing and new model of Nintendo Switch. And according to reports from Bloomberg and Eurogamer, the new model of Nintendo Switch is set to be released in September or October 2021, which will be sold alongside the existing Switch Lite, meaning the current generation of Nintendo Switch will be phased out over time. And the Nintendo Switch Pro will be similar in size to the current Nintendo Switch, but it's going to have an OLED and 7-inch screen. And the dock is going to be more sturdy and include an Ethernet integration, USB 3 ports and 4K output is going to be possible through the dock. Well, Nintendo Switch manufacturing has been difficult in 2020 and 2021 and demand has been really, really strong with many outlets selling out of their Nintendo Switches on a regular basis. But Nintendo haven't managed to avoid the chip shortages that have plagued the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Well, Nintendo do have a track record of showing off their new hardware at E3. So the Nintendo 3DS was shown off before E3 2010 and the Wii was shown off before E3 in 2006. Nintendo have been very tight-lipped about their slate for the second half of 2021. You know, we got the new Pokemon remake of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl that's set for November 2021, and the Pokemon Legend Acrius is due for January 2022. The one that everyone wants to hear about is the follow-up to 2017's Breath of the Wild, and given it's still the 35th anniversary for Zelda, then hopefully we're going to hear much more from Nintendo at E3 following their rather lackluster Nintendo Direct in the early months of 2021. Well, that's some of the rumours of the games I think are going to hit the headlines at E3, but we do have a list of the virtual attendees and partners for the events. So Xbox, they're going to be there, they're a confirmed partner, and a showcase is expected. Nintendo, a confirmed partner, and again, showcase expected. We've got the Future Game Show, that's coming on the 13th of June. We've got the PC Gaming Show, also coming on the 13th of June. Square Enix, they're a confirmed partner, and a showcase is expected. We've got Ubisoft. And that one's confirmed for June the 12th. We've got Warner Brothers. They are a confirmed partner and a showcase is expected. We've got Capcom, confirmed partner. Activision, confirmed partner. Bandai Namco, confirmed partner. Sega, also confirmed partner. And finally, Gearbox. They are a confirmed partner. So we've got loads of people there. But notably, Sony is missing from that list. They seem to be doing their own thing these days with the Sony state of play. Well, loads to look forward to there coming soon. I'm super hyped for E3 2021. It's going to be different, but we should have some big announcements for games to look forward to in the latter half of 2021 and beyond. Well, that is it for my look at E3 2021. I hope you're hyped. But next up, let's have a look at all we know about Horizon Forbidden West. Aloy returns in the upcoming Horizon Forbidden West. It's going to be exclusive to the PlayStation 5 when it releases. Well, today I'm going to round up everything we know so far, and we definitely know a lot more we did due to the recent State of Play showcase from Sony. So in Horizon Forbidden West, the story of Aloy continues. She's a young hunter from the Nora tribe, sent on a quest to the Forbidden West 
to find the source of mysterious plague that's killing all it touches. So as Aloy makes her way across the lands, she encounters larger machines, hostile enemies who can now control the machines they ride, and also deadly traps too. So the environments in Horizon Forbidden West have been expanded too to include deserts, mountains, valleys, tropical beaches, and also ruined cities. Well, the main story beats the sequel are focused on the red blight that is poisoning the land. Slowly but surely, all life on Earth is being exterminated by this plague and it's up to Aloy to head into the Forbidden West, which includes the ruins of modern-day San Francisco, to find the cure. And a new tribe has appeared and they seem to be able to control the machines. Well, Aloy's got some new toys to play with in this new adventure and they're going to help her cross the lands and fight against the machines. So the focus scanner helps highlight climbing areas which are otherwise hidden. We've got the pull caster, aka the grappling hook, that helps Aloy traverse the environment. The shield wing looks and operates in a similar way to Link's glider in Breath of the Wild, and the diving mask allows Aloy to swim underwater for long periods of time. Swimming in the game looks like it's going to take centre stage, although this isn't a new feature by any stretch. In Horizon Forbidden West, it looks like Gorilla has put a lot of time and effort into the mode, making it feel seamlessly part of the game. So this isn't having a water level or something similar, which can often feel tacked on. This is much more closely integrated into the whole game. There are waterbound machines that hunt Aloy in the water. There's also current strength to consider too. Well, as well as the new items to help Aloy navigate the environment, there's also new weapons too. So Guerrilla Games showed off an impressive battle during the recent state of play, with Aloy battling a massive mechanical elephant, and Aloy's got a new spear, which can be used at close range and used to chain multiple combos. You can also apply buffs, which are known as surges, to help take down powerful enemies, and Aloy has a number of special arrows which can now strip back armour and help expose weak spots. So Aloy can also pick up weapons that the enemies drop, which was shown off in the impressive sequence against that mechanical elephant. So combat in Horizon has always been precise and thrilling, and it looks like it's going to be taken to the next level in Horizon Forbidden West. The game looks really, really impressive, and the gameplay we've seen so far is clearly on the PlayStation 5. And it's a little unclear at the moment how this is going to run on the PlayStation 4, and we're going to have to wait and see for the footage. In the past, this would have been much less of an issue, but since Cyberpunk 2077, it feels like something we should really see before the game comes out. However, Horizon Zero Dawn looked great on PS4, so there's no reason to think that the sequel won't look just as great. Well, Guerrilla Games have said a few words on this, so to maybe put a few minds at ease, releasing one first-party AAA title to PC doesn't necessarily mean that every game now will come to PC. Herman Holst, head of PlayStation Worldwide Studios, said at the time, In my mind, Horizon Zero Dawn was just a great fit in this particular instance. We don't have plans for a day-and-date PC release. We remain 100% committed to dedicated hardware. So that is a little bit there about Horizon Zero Dawn coming out on PC. So if you did miss the original, it is available on the PS4 and now on PC too. And I would recommend going back and checking out the original. It's a fantastic game, whether it's on the PC or the PS4. I would pick it up and check it out. Well, Guerrilla Games recently said of Horizon Forbidden West, with the PS5's SSD, there's going to be virtually no loading screen. Game director Matthias de Jong said in a recent dev diary, echoing sentiments from system architect Mark Cerny, as well as several other PS5 developers. So in an open world game like Horizon Forbidden West, if you open up the map and fast travel from one end to the other, or restart at a checkpoint, it's going to be super fast. When you boot up the game, you're right there in the action. So really echoing what a lot of other people have said and what we've seen from other games 
and what we've seen from other games like Mars Morales and also Returnal 2. So it looks like this one's going to be absolutely fantastic on the PS5. Well, Horizon Zero Dawn was a massive success for the PS4 and went down as one of the games of the generation when it released in 2017. Since the reveal trailer for Forbidden West, it was shown during that original PS5 showcase, fans have been waiting for the moment to get their hands on the sequel. And everything we've seen so far is really, really impressive, although we don't yet have a release date. And I was slightly surprised we didn't get a release date at the end of the state of play, but given we're still in the middle of a global pandemic, I'm not really surprised. This isn't a delay, but many were hoping we'd be further along and perhaps we'd have a 2021 release date by now. But you have to check out the gameplay trailer from the recent Sony State of Play. It's absolutely fantastic. I recommend checking out the whole thing. Really, really good stuff. Well, that is it for my roundup of everything we know for Horizon Forbidden West. And hope, just like me, you're super, super hyped for that game. Well, if you're enjoying This Week in Video Games content, check out Patreon at patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games for benefits like joining the community discussions on podcasts, early access and exclusive content, content voting, and also YouTube and podcast shoutouts. There's also a merch store which includes t-shirts, hoodies, and all kinds of other This Week in Video Games stuff. So watching the videos and interacting down there in the comments is more than enough. But if you want to support This Week in Video Games further, you can do through Patreon and Teespring. Check out the links down below for more information. Well, that is it for my look at Horizon Forbidden West, but next up, let's check out my review of Strangeland. Strangeland is a weird and wonderful new point-and-click adventure game from Wormwood Studios and Wadget Eye Games. You navigate a disturbing carnival, try to solve the mystery of a golden-haired woman and also figure out why you're trapped in the depths of what seems to be a living nightmare. So when you start out in the game, you're dropped into the obscure carnival known as Strangeland. So you're going to start off in a straitjacket, and the only direction to go is down, and you're going to meet this grotesque clown head who's intent on telling you bad jokes, and they never really seem to have a punchline. But upon entering the big top, you're going to see a blonde woman throwing herself down a well, and it appears as if you're trapped in a cycle, and your punishment is to see this play out over and over again. The Twisted Underworld is ruled by a mysterious dark thing, a seemingly evil force, and as well as tormenting you, the dark thing systematically works through all of the other characters that you interact with, killing them off one by one. So it's your job to figure out why you're there, where you are, and also unravel the mystery of the blonde woman. So Wormwood Studios say about the game, so you forge your blade, from iron stole from the jaws of a ravenous hound, and hone it with wrath and grief. You can charm the eye out of a ten-legged teratoma, and that is really, really weird, I have to tell you, and ride a giant bug to the edge of oblivion. Amidst such madness, death itself has no grip on you, and you're going to wield that slippery immortality to gain an edge over your foes. So the gameplay in Strangeland follows a classic point-and-click adventure style, However, the puzzles are non-linear, and also they have multiple solutions too, which definitely promotes multiple playthroughs. There's a cast of weird and wonderful characters in the world, including a blind man sitting below a tree. You've got the Joker Clown, who sits above the entrance to the big top. You've got 83, he's one of my favourite characters, the giant furnace, who helps craft items for you. Plus, you've got the three Valkyries. And gameplay follows the model of previous point-and-click adventure games, where you have to interrogate the cast, gather and combine items, to ultimately try and escape the living hell that you found yourself in. 
Well, death is used as an interesting mechanic in Strangeland, so death doesn't work as normal in Strangeland. Sometimes it can offer clues to the path ahead. And you are going to die plenty of times in Strangeland, given the dark thing is roaming, and a wrong turn also down a well can lead to a sticky end. It's all okay, though. Death will lead you right back to the beginning, still with your full inventory intact. The puzzles are really, really good in Strangeland. There's some neat innovations here. Early on in the game, there's a shooting gallery, and it takes some rapid input from your mouse, as well as throwing rocks at a raven to get the blind man to create work orders that you can hand to 83. So the puzzles aren't too tricky, although I did find myself stuck on a few occasions. Maybe I'm just kind of out of the point-and-click adventure game loop. But there is a neat hint system built into the game where you can use the payphone, you can dial zero to get a small hint on where to go next in the game. It doesn't tell you exactly what to do, but it gently nudges you in the right direction. And sometimes when playing point-and-click adventure games like this, I do feel incredibly stupid when stuck at a seemingly simple puzzle. So this is a nice feature to keep things moving if you want to use it. Both the graphics and the audio are standout features of Strangeland. And from the moment you start playing, this is an unsettling game. The visuals are twisted and evil but beautiful at the same time. And much like other point-and-click adventure games, the main characters, they're wonderfully crafted in pixel art design layered on top of a 2D environment. There are cutscenes too, which provide context. And as you progress through the game, the environment gets even more twisted. I'm not going to spoil what happens, but Strangeland evolves into something even more terrifying than its initial design. It's definitely something to savour and look forward to, plus it's pretty shocking at the same time. The audio design complements the grotesque visuals really well. The artwork and the writing makes you a little bit unsettled, but the audio comes in to smash you in the ears with audio design that's going to just completely creep you out. I love it. Now, Wormwood Studios and Wadget Eye Games have collaborated before on Primordia. If you're a fan of the genre, then you'll likely be aware of their work. Now, Wormwood has put out a great post dealing their inspirations for Strangeland. They include Mervyn Peake, Ray Bradbury, Francisco Goya, The Prisoner, Erasurehead, and even other video games like Sanitarium and Weird Dreams. And the team behind the game, they're some of the best in the business, and it really, really shows in the fantastic execution of Strangeland. Strangeland also has a developer commentary that features an annotation mode, and it's great if you want to do a couple of playthroughs and have the team explain things as you play. So one of the writers, Mark Yehallam, said it's a map from my childhood wonders and fears to adulthood responsibility, regret and recognition. And the fact that the artist put loads of himself into it too, therefore the developer commentary really, really helps out explain a lot of the hidden and also the literal meaning in the game. But you can really, really tell that someone's put their heart and soul into this game from the final product. So Strangeland is an absolutely fantastic point-and-click adventure game. It's also not very long, at roughly five hours of running time. There's horror, there's tension, there's also comedy in there as well. And combined with the visually stunning graphics and the anxiety-inducing music, you know, it makes for a great package. If you like point-and-click adventure games, then I think you're going to love this one. But if you're not a fan of the genre, I'd recommend checking it out anyway, because this is a story with fantastic writing and characters. And to be honest, what more do you want from a great piece of entertainment? It's not too expensive. It's a short, self-contained story. It could be finished in a weekend. Plus, you get a very, very memorable gaming experience. Well, before we go, I do have to send my thanks out to the publishers for sending us a copy for the review of the game. But if anything in this review has inspired you to check out Strangeland, I thoroughly recommend that you do. It is available today, 
and it was developed by Wormwood Studios, published by Wedget Eye Games. It's available on PC via Steam and GOG, and as I said, originally released on the 25th of May, 2021. Well, that is it for my review of Strangeland. Really, really fantastic game, and I hope you enjoy it too. But next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. So at 10 this week, holding steady at 10, it's new Pokemon Snap. At 9 this week, down two places from last week's number 7, it's Minecraft. Number 8 this week, holding steady, it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And at 7 this week, up four places from last week's number 11, it's Grand Theft Auto 5. At 6 this week, up three places from last week's number 9, it's Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. And at 5 this week, up one place from last week's number 6, it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. At 4 this week, down one place from last week's number 3, it's Marvel's Spider-Man Mars Morales. And at 3 this week, down two places from last week's number 1, it's Mass Effect Legendary Edition. At number 2 this week, it's a new entry, we've got Miitopia. And at number 1 this week, up one place from last week's number 2, it's Resident Evil Village. So congrats to Capcom, another hit this year. And Capcom are really on a roll this year with Monster Hunter Rise. Capcom just keep putting out the bangers over the last few years. Well, that is it for the all-platform charts this week, but next up, let's have a look at my review of Knockout City. So Knockout City is a new multiplayer dodgeball game from Velen Studios, available pretty much everywhere. It's a fun, action-packed game. It's a really, really good laugh whether you're playing with randoms or with friends. So in a similar fashion to recent Battle Royale games, you're thrown into a tutorial where you learn how to pick up the ball, aim at targets, jump and glide, as well as the very useful tactic of rolling up into a ball yourself, by which you can be used as a dodgeball and you can be thrown by one of your teammates. And the tutorial is really quick, simple and gets you ready for the action in just a few minutes. Once you've completed the quick tutorial, then next up it's time to get into the game. And I have to say, I'm much more impressed with the gameplay than I originally was when I saw the trailers before the game's release. You know, this one was shown off by Nintendo and Sony during their recent showcases in early 2021, and the trailers really instantly turned me off. But to my surprise, I've really enjoyed my playtime with Knockout City so far. The game does a great job of promoting team play without the need for voice communication, much like Apex Legends raised the bar with Battle Royales and the ping system as a replacement for voice comms. Knockout City does a really good job of getting players playing together and functioning well as a unit quickly and with relative ease. Yeah, the rules are really simple. Pick up a ball and throw it towards your opponent. Try and catch them off guard so you can score a point. Rounds are the first to 10 points. You have to win two rounds to win the match. And matchmaking is seamless and quick and getting into matches is really, really easy. Well, the idea is to run around the map and pick up one of the many balls, and failing this, you can always pick up one of your teammates and throw them like a ball. So one good tactic in the game is to try and tag team your opponents, and one of them draws their attention, and the other one can sneak in there with a hit. And as well as throwing the ball, you can also catch a ball, so it's good to have your eyes peeled in all directions in case a ball is headed your way. Well, the rules of the game are nice and simple, and the execution is really, really good. It looks similar to Fortnite in terms of colour and expression of the characters in the game. So much like Battle Royale games of recent years, there's plenty of customization, skins and items to upgrade and purchase with 17 slots on your character in total. Yes, you heard right, there's 17 slots, so you can really customise your character to make it your own. Knockout City is great fun, it's easy to get into, and the barriers to entry are pretty minimal. 
So it's free to try in a full game 10-day trial, and it's also available to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers through their partnership with EA Play. And also, if you've got it on Nintendo Switch, you don't need Nintendo Switch Online to access the online features. The game really goes out of its way to help you in Knockout City, especially through the aim assist feature, running down an opposing team's player is half the battle, but once you've got someone in your sights, it's pretty easy to throw the ball in their direction due to the very heavy aim assist. This is really helpful though, because the action is quite frantic and fast-paced, and you don't really need to think about aiming too much, and it's another good example of the barriers being removed from the game. Now, aim assist is good, but learning to throw the charge shot is a really important skill, well, charge shots have more velocity and therefore are harder to dodge or catch. It's more likely to give you the points needed to win a round. And as well as charge shots, you've got the lob shots too. So mixing it up and making it harder for your opponent to guess what's going on is essential. In a great move by the developers, crossplay and cross progression are available as standard, and the free trial may be about to end. But Knockout City has enjoyed a really good start, and hopefully, it will continue to pick up momentum. EA has learned a fair bit about releasing these types of games over the past year or so, having been burned a few times, but I would have liked to see it gone full-on free-to-play, as I think any game like this needs to be free these days, otherwise the player count will start to dwindle quite quickly. Well, Knockout City is a surprisingly polished game, and a much better experience than I was expecting, so it's really good for dipping in and out quickly, so for example if you want a quick game, or you can grind away the hours and level up as standard. I'd really recommend trying out, it's really good fun. If you've got access to Xbox Game Pass, then you already own that game. Well, the game was developed by Velen Studios, it's published by EA, it's available for Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PlayStation and PC, and it was originally released on the 21st of May, 2021. Well, that is it for my review of Knockout City, but next up, let's have a look what we've got coming out in the next few weeks. So it looks like a busy time in video games over the next few weeks. On June the 1st, we've got quite a few games. We've got Ghost and Goblins, Resurrection, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. We've got Operation Tango, coming out on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and PC. We've got Stonefly, that's coming out on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. We've got The Elder Scrolls Online, Gates of Oblivion, coming to Stadia and PC. We've got World of Warcraft Burning Crusade Classic, that's coming out on PC. And we've got Wreckfest, that one's coming out on PS5. Then on June the 3rd, we've got a couple of games. We've got Pro Cycling Manager 2021, that's coming out on PC. Then we've got the Tour de France 2021, that's PS5, Xbox Series S, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and PC. Then on June the 4th, we've got a few more games. We've got Evergate coming out on PS5. We've got Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2. PS4, Xbox One and PC. We've got The Last Kids on Earth and The Staff of Doom, that's PS4, Xbox One and Switch and PC. And we've got The Persistence coming out on the PS5 and Xbox Series S and X. Then on June the 8th we've got some more games, we've got Backbone coming out on PC. We've got Chivalry 2 coming out on the PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and PC. Then we've got Edge of Eternity coming out on PC. And The Elder Scrolls Online, PS5, Xbox Series S and X. And we've got The Elder Scrolls Online, Gates of Oblivion, on the PS4 and Xbox One. Then on June the 10th, we've got Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade, that's coming out on the PS5. And we've got Ninja Gaiden Master Collection, coming out on the PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. Then on the 11th, we've got some really good games. We've got Game Builder Garage, coming out on the Switch. Guilty Gear Strive, coming out on the PS5, PlayStation 4 and PC. And finally, the big one, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, 
coming to the PS5. So loads of really, really good games there. I think a few catch my eye. Game Builder Garage, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and I think I'm going to be featuring both of those on the next episode of the podcast. Well, that is it for this week's episode, and if you want to get involved in the show, get in contact through patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games, or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, your comments, and your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you. Well, thanks again for watching or listening, and for more This Week in Video Games content like this, like, subscribe, and share with a friend. To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description, and you can follow me on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. Otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Thanks again. I'll see you in a few days.